when I found out that a uh, music video was about like Lionel Richie uh, as a doctor and like a blind like patient, a what? A blind patient? No, it was uh, it was him as like an instructor, as a college instructor with a student and stuff. Yeah, but she was blind. I didn't realize she was blind. Is that at the end of the video? What do you mean? She, was that it, at the end of the video? It's right at the beginning. It, it makes it pretty clear that she's blind. Eventually, I was able to speak Spanish and English fluently, which led to the discovery of both Spanish and English. Spanglish. coming straight at you with another episode episode five of the in living spanglish podcast um that was the opener and here's my introduction to our co-host and with my favorite co-host uh the uh wonderful talented though uh, all of these compliments i would probably never tell him in person or to his face if a camera was not recording uh ricardo mexicano introduce yourself I i think you should start saying more of those compliments on camera and and off mm, offline. Nah, nah, why would I need to tell you things that you already kind of sort of know? What if I don't know them though? I think you're just assuming. Uh, nah, you good, you good, you good, you good. You know they tell. I, I think I think you know what it is. I think that if you and I didn't live under the same roof, I would probably be nicer to you. I mean, yeah, it is kind of like that brother sister dynamic where yeah. like two people who like get along, like you know, at the end of the day, they get along so well. But mm-hmm. because they're that, that constantly foundational shit is there. But because they're constantly in each other's face, it's just like, like what are you still doing here? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good to be here once again. Another week, another podcast. Where um, well, not not say we, but I am feeling extra sweaty. I don't know what what why what that is. As soon as the podcast starts, I'm feeling extra sweaty, and is it doesn't it help that. Huh? Is it theirs or it's is it not. Like extra lights? I don't know. It could be like the new lights that I'm uh-huh. just like not. But I've always been like a really sweaty guy every time we start this. And I think it's because I'm sitting down in one spot. Like every time I'm sitting down in one spot, like out of nowhere, like I just start sweating. And because I turn off the fan too, because I don't want like the extra background noise when we're recording. Oh, that pretty much explains it right there. Like your natural body heat plus like no fan plus extra lights. That's... Uh, does brighten up our complexion, by a the sweaty, way. A sweaty concoction. Yes, yes, it's a very sweaty concoction. But <laughs> hi, hello. Oh, so I haven't seen you basically all week in Mexicano. Oh, wait, before we start getting into all of that, I forgot. Uh, Latinx birthdays, human beings. Mm-hmm. So let me go ahead and bring it up because obviously I did not memorize it. Uh, for this week, for Latinx birthdays, it is going to be a combination of the first week of October and I am hitting you with the extra long dialogue so you won't notice that I closed the tab out before we started talking. Here we are. Hi. So happy, happy birthday to Bebo Valdez. Uh, he was born on October 9th. So that was yesterday. He's a talented pianist um, and Latin jazz musician from Cuba. Um, also on October 9th, happy, happy birthday to also Chucho Valdez. And yes, there is relation, uh, Cuban pianist, uh, also um, son of Bebo Valdez. So I guess they're like a father-son pianist duo, which I always thought that was a really we- weird word. It sounds like it's a curse word, but it's not. So. It is. It is a really weird word. Even T-Pain alluded to how re- re- uh, weird it was in his uh, Tiny Desk performance really mm-hmm. see i don't think that i've seen that one i love any i love it when t-pain speaks on anything though he makes me laugh but uh yeah so happy birthday on them uh um, wait so their father and son they were born the same month actually they were born on the same day that's crazy october 9th 1918 for bibble and october 9th 1941 for chucho that's insane yeah yeah so happy birthday to happy birthday to bibble he got a son one year for his birthday so there you go I mean, I guess that's kind of cool when it comes to, like, celebrating your birthday. I mean, you got to share it with your dad. Dude, no. But, like, seriously, you know what that makes me think of? is like, why in the world, if you got a son on your birthday, would you not make him a junior? 
You know, would you not name him after yourself? And like speaking of which, you know what? That also reminds me. That also reminds me of uh, of an Instagram meme that I saw like literally a couple of hours ago. And it said something along the lines of, if you're a junior, you have to think about the fact that um, that your mom at one point during sex was, uh, was saying your name out loud. Yeah, that's true. Are you a junior Mexican? I'm not. Uh, I would never. Uh, my mom said she would never bestow that, that name onto me. Mm. Yeah. What's your dad's first name? Adencio. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it's, it's a name. It's, it, I'm you... telling you. Uh, what I tell you, Salvadorians have some of the the worst, weirdest first names ever. Mm. Didn't like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You told me what was that thing about Salvadorians and like uh, oh. white sounding names. So for some reason, and I think this has to do with like America's influence on El Salvador and like a lot of Central America. Like, there's a historical thing behind yeah. it, right? Oh my god. Yeah, I think I think out. it's like the the deep, um, like, uh, influence that. America has on Central America, like due to wars and politics, just a bunch of other crap. But because of that, I think a lot of like, and this is probably this is probably more newer than anything else. Probably started like in the '70s, and you know has continued up to like modern times. But it's the fact that a lot of Salvadorian kids, for some reason, are given very very American names, like, <laughs> and it's apparent, like, 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 because if you meet like a kid from Mexico. You uh-huh. can kind of guess what his name would be, right? Jose, Roberto, uh, yeah. Ad- Javier, Ad- Adrian, Luis. Jesus, yeah, mm-hmm. um, Javier, like, and like, and that's probably that. That's usually across the board for like a lot of other countries, right? Mm-hmm. But you get to like El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, and they hit you out of nowhere with a Benjamin, you know, and not and and they're not adding like the Spanish accent to it. They're calling it straight up Benjamin. And uh, Jefferson, Ronald, <laughs> Nelson. That, okay, okay, okay. So, so tell me again, who in your family is named Jefferson again? Oh, uh, so he is my cousin's son. So he would be my second, so what's second it, cousin. So what's his full name? Like first name and apellido y todo. I think his, I think his last name is, I don't even want to say his last name on, on, on here. Oh, just for yeah, privacy yeah. reasons. Okay, well. But I don't know what his, I don't know if he has a middle name. I just know him by Jefferson. Mm-hmm. But I do have a cousin, uh, my cousin's son. Were they, son. like, watching a lot of, like, butler-esque, like, Fresh Prince know. of Bel-Air? I really don't like, know. did they name him, did they want to name him Jeffrey and just not? Know. Or I don't know where this comes from. It's an anomaly. But I have another cousin. That where is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. I have another cousin where his name is uh, Kevin. Uh-huh. Just straight up Kevin. Yeah, but do they, do, but how do they pronounce it? Kevin. <laughs> Can't. Yeah. I just can't. I just can't. They're gonna pronounce. And Jefferson again. Tell me how they pronounce Jefferson. Jefferson. But do they roll the R? No. So it's so they say Jefferson. Mm-hmm. But they put the soft accent on the O. Mm-hmm. See, that doesn't make any sense to me because why would you do like half thing like as a? It's Hispanic. like half English, half Spanish. It's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, you El, you El Salva, you Selvies are weird. Yeah, it's, it's a thing weird. though. Like it's a, it's the easiest way to identify. Didn't didn't your friend didn't Lindsay say something about like she had like a Salvadoran kid with like a weird first name? Not that I remember. I could have swore she like maybe she told me, and I like I under, I immediately understood what she was talking about. I'm like is that kid from El Salvador, and I was like, and she I think she was like, yes, that's it. I don't know. Um, I could be misremembering, uh, and it, maybe it's not her. I don't know. Sh- uh, shout out to uh, uh, Lindsay, my best friend, y'all. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, how was your weekend, Mexicano? Because I know that like, this is like the first day that we've seen each other in a few days. Uh, I went out of town, so. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it was cool. Uh, what did I do? So, you, what, what, you left like a, around what, like three, four, something like that? I don't know, Mexicano. I, I can't remember. You know me in time. I can't shit. remember. I don't fucking know. I can't remember, but all I did after you left was just spend pretty much the rest of the evening editing the podcast. Uh-huh. Just add the video version, which the is up, version. which is up now on our YouTube channel, by the way. So please subscribe, like, subscribe, su- everything, subscribed. Yeah, every Todo all all that good stuff on the latest episode with Tunes. Shout, shout, like. shout out to shout out to Tunes once again for being on the episode. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I did that, and then Saturday was kind of the same. A lot of just chilling, a lot of relaxing, taking care of this uh this feline over here. Um, uh, I don't know, man. Like I'm very, I get into like super relaxed mode when you're not here. Like, yeah. super, super relaxed mode. And then the only really, like, I guess, thing I did on Saturday was go see a movie. 
See, and like usually whenever I go into town, uh, whenever I go into town, I went back to my hometown. I am going, going, going the entire time. And here's the fucking weird thing about like revisiting your hometown, especially after you like have that whole like episodic, you know, leave for the big city, you know, for the first time in your life you know hundreds of miles away from your family and everybody that you know and you love every time well not every time but i would say especially this weekend that i went down like i was going through it mentally um in what sense in just in the sense that whoo uh, just in the sense that, like, whenever you go back home, a lot of times there are certain ghosts that follow you that you can, that you always think that you leave behind. I think that, like, when it comes to Hispanics and Latinos and, like, mental health is that, like, one thing, we're not, we're taught proverbially to quote-unquote shake things off constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, like, the main thing. And it's not, it, it's, I, I would say that it's doubly... I wouldn't say necessarily it's worse or better. I think that it's that it's very obviously and explicably bad for like male Hispanics and male Latinos, um, uh, and it is very much also so for Latinas. Uh, it's just um, it's just in different contexts, if that makes any sense. And so anyway, I was uh, anyway I was making the whole trip home, and it's like I'm very much. You already know that I'm very much a person, at least at the very least before I made the move here to Big Fort Worth, shout out, big city, you know, we love you, we do what we do to like uh, celebrate and represent the uh, Latinx culture up here with the different artists and entrepreneurs that we interview, and I'm really, and I really cherish that, and I really love that, everything, everything that we do in the podcast, but my gosh, like, whenever I go home, I kid you fucking not, it's... As much as I feel like I've grown from my move here, I feel like part of me emotionally regresses every time I come back. And I mean that I start thinking about, I'm going to just say, I start thinking about like exes that I think that I've healed from or that I think that I've started to heal from. I start thinking, oh, like, is this MF or in town? You know, am I accidentally going to run into him at like Walmart or something? Which I mean, if I did, it would, I, I would want to think that I'm like, that I'd be cool with it, you know, that I'd be cordial and all of that. But like, who the hell knows? Like, you know, first and foremost, I hate confrontation. Yeah, I'm a, uh, well, more than aware of, of that. I hate yeah. confrontation. For for a confrontational personality, I don't know. I feel like I have a very, like, people would know my personality and they would assume that I'm confrontational, but I'm very much not. You know, uh, you even look at me funny and I, like, shrink back into a puddle of nothing. Um, but you say that, but you don't. Yes, That's I a do. thing. No, no, you don't. You, your outward appearance is not that. It, you don't it, think it, so? No. For, well, maybe you show a different side of me, but every time you quote unquote, are shriveling up and want to back away you still kind of have like that mm, look I on your guess. face i don't know and, and to me that says like you still want to smoke and i'm like oh, I'm, I, I'm here I, to give it to you okay well as kanye would say i want all the smoke i don't know maybe anyway so yeah no it was just a tough weekend like dealing with that and you know what it is it's i, I think the weekend it was it was not just necessarily like what like my mental state in the weekend just by itself but it was also like talking to a lot of men in my life and like what they're going through like issues and insecurities uh that they're going through uh dating wise like I didn't tell you but I was having a phone conversation with a good buddy of mine and he was kind of freaking out about the fact that he thinks that a girl in his workplace really really likes him you know even though they're work from home so they only interact via zoom and he's like she's dropping all these hints and she's making it really really obvious um you know, but I, oh, wait, no, 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 sorry, sorry, wrong story, same guy, wrong story, <laughs> uh, basically what it was is that he was telling about his uh, current trip out of town to Austin, right, and how, because he and his ex-girlfriend have the same friend group, they ended up, like, crossing paths, and just, like, hanging out in the same friend group to be cordial and everything like that, but she was in a really bad spot mentally, and like, all of their friends knew it, that she wasn't doing so well. You know, it was just one of those, like, valleys sort of moments, right? And he was having trouble figuring out where his, how much of 
the responsibility for his for her sadness was his like you know once you break up with someone it's like especially a boyfriend's instinct let's be honest is to like fix things you know men are like fixers by nature like they want to know what's wrong so they can you know come up with the best laid solution for it and etc etc and that was his reaction to it you know that's what he wanted to do he thought he thought the whole thing was his fault no, 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 no. He just he just knew he was uh, it, she was in a bad spot. They had a moment alone together and she started venting to him and he was suddenly put in the spot where he was talking to me about uh, over the phone about he's like, "I don't know, we're broken up. How much emotional investment should I put into trying to help out this woman that is no longer a part of my life anymore?" You know? Oh, I got you. So it's kind of like that that fine line between like <sighs> Your okay. unhappiness is no longer any of my business. Right, right. It's not my problem, but like since we have history, yes, th- that could kind of create maybe not problems per se, but like that weird dynamic. Yeah, that weird dynamic yeah. is like because we've been more than friends. Like, should I feel a responsibility to act more than friendly towards you and overexert myself to try to like console you? You know, like that sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was going through that. And then my brother, you know, uh, he was having woman woes of his own this weekend. And he was telling me about how uh, he had been talking to this uh, one chick for about a month and a half or so. Right. And there was a quinceañera uh, coming up for her. And she wanted him, uh, she wanted them to meet all of uh, she wanted him to meet his family, todo eso, et cetera, et cetera. But her issue was but his issue was is that. Suddenly it was moving too fast, you know, like she was Mexican, Mexican too. That's how she just, that's how he described her on the phone to me. He's like, no, you don't understand, Beto. Like I consider myself pretty Mexican, but at the end of the day, I'm a Tejano. You know, she is like straight from Mexico, her family that they speak like, and my brother considers himself pretty fluent in Spanish. He's like, he, they speak things that I don't even understand. And they speak a million miles per hour and I wouldn't even understand what they're saying. So she's a paisa? What's that? A paisa is like a slang. It's kind of derogatory. It's talking about, it's like how Mexicans, Hispanics who grew up in the United States, call somebody straight from the border, like super yeah. Mexican, like, oh, that's a paisa right yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. That's exactly what it was. And so he didn't want to go to this quinceanera. And I'm like, uh, and I just talked to him and I was like, do you not want to go because you don't want to meet the girl's parents? Or do you not want to go because you're insecure that, you know, they'll show you up culturally and they'll make you feel less than Mexican? And he said a little bit of both, but I think it's the first one. And uh, and I'm like, okay, well, when are you breaking up with him? I, uh, breaking up with her. I just told him straight out, like, when are you going to rip off the Band-Aid? And he was like, uh, I don't know. Give it about two weeks. And I'm like, motherfucker, why? Like, why are you going to wait? If you already know that you're not into it, if you're already contemplating it, just, like, go ahead and do it now. Like, what could happen between now and two weeks that could like change your mind on not being with her are you pretty sure that you don't want to be in in anyway long story short he ended up breaking up with her right uh, and calling me and telling me about it and i'm like at the end of the day you'll see that you did both of you guys a favor you know and the whole reason i tell you about these two experiences is because it's funny when you go through your own shit and you're having all of these flashbacks and all of these like doubts and all of these like weird ass mental health days as you're gravitating inside back to your own hometown it's like you start to see the other positions of like of the man that was that used to be in your life from like different perspectives you know like uh with my friend for example like i was just uh, i was telling him it's not it's not your responsibility to like be her emotional like uh donkey to carry all of her baggage and shit you know even though that's explicitly what i did with my ex right you know the one and um and with my brother it's i was em- emphatically telling him it's like don't drag the shit out like don't do it don't do it just cut it off you know because i know what it's like to have things dragged out for like two or three years before things finally like ended i don't know man so in that way it's been a really heavy weekend but it's nice to be back but so. the, don't that create like some level of paranoia on your on your part what do you to mean? like think that somebody that that person is creeping around the corner like could be anywhere uh then you start hearing like word that yeah, old person like, in town whatever whatever yeah it's like a cloud that's over my head constantly that's why i love going back into town i love seeing my friends i love seeing my family but like shit that stuff gets hard and like 
honestly, like, maybe I'm being a little overdramatic in my emotions. I know that if I were to, like, run into that person and try to be, like, the nicest, most cordial, like, most friendly person, because it's all still love at the end of the day, I just... You know, there's, like, two sides of me. Like, there's, like, the erratic, like, emotional side, and then there's, like, the other side of me that literally just, like, wants no trouble, and that just wants everyone to get along, and wants everyone to fucking thrive, you know? Like, that's why I don't get the concept of haters. You know, you talk about haters all the fucking time, and, like, I don't I, I don't understand that. Why don't you want the trouble, though? What do you mean? Like, not so much, like, seeking it, but why don't you almost embrace it? Like, take it, full, take it head on. What do you mean? Like the trouble, like like the all trouble the, of what, like whatever it may be, the uh the uglier side of of society of like your friendships and stuff like that. Like, why don't you take it head on? Because that would, in essence, Mexicano, make me a drama queen, of which I am not. Don't make you a drama queen. I don't think so. I think I think. I mean, I feel like I I. I don't think you're stirring anything up. Is what I I'm saying. spin enough dramatic tornadoes inside the vortex of my own being, uh, to be as obnoxious as hell about it without like putting that forth to anybody else. That's basically what it is. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's very complicated because I don't think I've ever been in that scenario where I have to like worry about oh, is this person in town? Is this, uh... See, but that's so funny that you say that because literally, like, when you and I talk about the concept of haters, it's like, I don't believe that I have any. Or, or okay, here. I'm like, talking about a romantic level. I could get into, like, other sides about, like, beef and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, See, I don't have any beef with anyone at all, ever, because I'm I, the I friendliest t- person on the planet. I, I, can t- I can go into that, but specifically what you're talking about, yeah, I've never had that. Yeah, but you, like, had, like, three girlfriends and, like... You know. And yeah, and all of them live like all across Texas and I haven't seen them in years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, except for Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just kinda going back to like going back home, I, I did kind of feel like that actually now that you mention it today a little bit, when I was thinking about like kind of where I've how far I've how far I've come in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking about like, man, like my parents have essentially been doing the same thing for years. Mm-hmm. And it really did start to like get to me where it's like I could really be the one to like really put them in position to where they don't really have to do that anymore. Where they like really as far as work? Yeah, as far as like work and yeah, I'll keep it at work. But it kinda like it 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 um it encapsulates a lot of things. Like this mm-hmm. level of like thinking I was, you know, going through today and like how if I if by the grace of God I can make it big, I can put them in position to where like they can have like a nice house out somewhere, or maybe just even if they have their own ideas for a business, I can put that money forward, stuff like that. That's like, classic immigrant children state of thinking, you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. But mm-hmm. I don't know why it hit me today for some reason. Like, there's just there's certain there's certain things that I guess I guess maybe because I never saw myself in certain in certain ways, I never imagined my my capacity to help. Mm-hmm. But now that I am, I I see like almost like this level of like I can do something. Yeah, I can make a difference, kind of thing. It's funky, you know? I guess. Because I'm not Superman. I can't can't do everything. I don't know, Mexicano. I just, I, I strike you as, re- I strike it as really funny sometimes is how, like, you don't expect much for yourself, yet you do everything, you know? I mean, yeah, but I never see myself as any different from anybody else. That's the thing. Like, I view myself as, uh, as the litmus, like, in the literal sense of where, like, if, if I can do it, anybody can do it kind of thing. See, and I think I think the same thing of myself in that, like, you already know my whole complex of, like, I think I'm terrible at everything I touch. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that I have a single talent or a trait uh, that is anything beyond mediocre at best. So I, but that's why I value learning so much. And that's why I don't, I, I don't, I don't have anything against talent. You know, like, that's not my thing. Like, natural talents, God-given gifts, yada, yada, yada. Like, that's all well and good. You know, some people are kinesthetic learners. You know, they they are born, and then you put them in soccer, and you realize that this little four-year-old is naturally athletic, you mm-hmm. know? Um or you happen to put them in a piano class or heck they just happen to like run across a piano somewhere and then you realize that they have an aptitude in the ear for music that sort of thing i don't think that i have a single gift in this world that comes naturally to me which sounds depressing as fuck but the way that i've twisted that around in my head is that 
the only thing that I that the only thing that is in my power is how hard I work to get a skill because there's a difference between talent and skill um and I think that that is something that from our culture that I do very much carry with me with pride as almost like a survival mechanism like if I was out in the ocean and I was like hanging that would be the buoy that I would be hanging on like how like because I want to succeed so much in what it's only kind of sort of becoming clear um and how again only kind of sort of becoming clear but I have that fervor to succeed so much and the thing that's always suppressed me through the majority of my 20s was the fact that I felt like I was not good enough at anything, at anything. Um, but the one thing I did have was my refusal to let go of a dream as, you know, um, as cheesy as fuck as that sounds. And also knowing that my only option if I didn't have natural born talent is to work hard. You know, is to work while they sleep, basically. Which, I mean, is also another weird thing. Because you know how, like, they say in that whole... uh, But in this whole, like, mental health universe that we live in, you know, uh, that we should take rest days and all of that. I still struggle with that. Because I never know... I never think that I'm working hard enough. So why should I... Here we go again. See, like, if we... if I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I found myself substituting certain things like because i love napping you know that i love going to sleep Mm -hmm. i love napping doing all that but i'll substitute that so-called grind like don't sleep kind of mentality into other things Mm. so like i think i I think i mentioned it to you like where i like i'll i'll withstand myself from certain things in order to like if i don't do this i don't deserve that kind of thing yeah and i'll pick and choose and be like do you think do you think that's mentally healthy though for us like the way that we cope the way that we the way that we traverse our working strategies so to speak you know the way that we get shit done is that okay mm, I don't think that's I don't know okay. I think it's, it's it's very hard to say I don't know if it's if it's if it's cut and dry as yes or no I think that that it kind of seeps into both as far as like what you're doing I don't know and I also feel like Hard, like hard work in the grind is also like let me just say is also something that you can't really talk about on the internet anymore at the very least the woke internet without like getting like shit on like you can't talk about you know wanting to work really hard at something or making some sort of general statement and then people like getting on your ass about like oh rest is important and i'm like bruh like miha muhead whoever like i did not say that it wasn't you know, I'm just saying is that as much as there was was a rise and grind culture, I think that there is very much now like a culture of like, take it easy, you know, be compassionate for yourself. And that's totally valid. Totally valid. You know, um, and I think that it's valid for everyone too, not just those type A personalities, you know, and that's something that I used to think about a lot. I used to think, oh, like, the whole like take it easy and be compassionate with yourself thing is only valid for those who overexert themselves and work hard enough to take it easy which is like ironic in and of itself right yeah i mean it's kind of it kind of you know this it, it kind of came on the same rise as you know mental health and all that that mm-hmm. because of that you saw this big sh- uh swing in uh in what determines like a healthy output i guess when it comes to your work mm. and like it's not so much about grinding 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 drink six six cups of coffee to keep to keep you up all night long and like and, and completely burn yourself out but that if you don't balance the two now you're seen as this um uh, i don't know like i don't want to like like you know what cures all of that my guy you know what cures all of that and this is something that i'm working on uh-huh. because um on a uh different note like you know that i've been like taking like extensive therapy this year and or just like working on myself a lot and something that your girls learned a ton about is this concept and this concept of uh, radical acceptance yeah yeah and that's basically just like literally accepting everything as it is which is something that like 22 year old me would have like kicked and screamed and denied like all hell um, yeah, but you make it sound like twenty-two-year-old you is so different from other twenty-two-year-olds. 
You know? Yeah, but here's the thing is that 22-year-old me, that's the thing is that when you are in such a bad state of mental health and you when you are in such a spiral, when you are in such a like downward ditch about shit, is like you don't realize that there are other universes that are just like you and that you are not alone. You think that you are like the only failure that has fucked this that has fucked up this much in this particular circumstance that you can't that you can't that you can't even like compare it to anyone else, you know, which is a sense yeah. of like ego in and of itself, but yeah. whatever. But is it raining? Yeah, it is. It, it's hella raining. I right, just yeah. realized that. I was just like, hold on, what is that? You didn't hear like the thunder like two minutes ago? I, I thought that was wind, to be honest. Mm-mm. I thought it was nothing but wind. Mm-mm. Frankie is out. <laughs> and yeah, so, and also, oh, reminder today is World Mental Health Day. So, all that that we just I talked about. I thought that was yesterday. Today. Oh, okay. Well, see, that would be fucking fantastic if we would edit these on time in order to, like, get them out on the actual day of the celebration. It's but a yes. thought that counts. We're still remembering okay, it. Okay, all right. So people, World Mental Health so, Day. So people out there, even on the smallest level, and then and I'm talking to people who may be financially not in the best place, mm-hmm. even on the smallest level, because yeah. ther- therapy doesn't always have to be you seeking a professional. Yeah, if, if it, absolutely. If, it, if it's just you talking to a coworker, if it's just you talking to your teacher at school, Whatever helps, go go and seek it, all right? I mean, and not only that, I mean, there are, and I know, like, here's the thing, here's something that, like, we don't talk about, because honestly, I don't even know, I've never even really attacked it completely from the, from this angle with any of the therapists that I've, that I've talked to, and it was, um, you know, what our position is as far as like Latinos and like like the trauma that we experience because of that, you know, like whenever I'm talking to my therapist, it's always about like things that don't necessarily have to do with my culture. Um, I don't know if it's because I feel like I can't go there or what, but yeah, um, all, all that to say is that therapy is more than actual therapy. I mean, you can go on YouTube and there's a school of life therapy and a therapy in a nutshell. Those are just like a couple of channels of mine that I really love. You could go for a walk. You could run because let me tell you what, like one thing that really gets me out of my out of my head is getting into my body. And I know that sounds fucking cliche as fuck, but sometimes the last thing you want to do is the first thing that you should do, which is just like run until you're tired. Um fuck i don't know like that's just something that yeah I man burn the demons out burn the demons out bro yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's all you can do so next thing uh so we're something the, a little lighter yeah we're in the month though. of october yeah spooky season of course mm-hmm. the among us uh and i already have two of my costumes picked out what about yours of Mahikana? course nothing I'm not. I'm not celebrating you're your pagan so, holidays. You're so disappointing. I'm not celebrating your pagan holidays. You know, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a devoted Christian holy man. So. In while fact, the, I'm dressing while up Frankie. I already know what his costume's gonna be. He's gonna be a group costume with yours truly. It's gonna be fucking awesome. Um. While y'all ride away, while you, you and him, Frankie, ride away in heaven. I mean, uh, in in, in, he- in, in, in hell. We ride away in heaven. Yes, because of it, all the toothaches from all in, the free candy corn that we're gonna in, be devouring. In hell with uh with people who suffer from like syphilis and everything else mm-hmm. uh, on a constant twenty four hour basis. I'll mm-hmm. be in heaven living it up. You know, playing hopscotch with you know, Michelangelo. I don't know. Right, but right, right, oh, you right. said candy corn. So that's exactly what I talk about. So obviously, spooky season, Halloween. Uh, candy is a really big part of it. Trick or treating, people love it. Some people only do it for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to. Uh, let me get if I can reach. Uh, get some <gasps> some nice Mexican He's snacks. The fiesta bag. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta turn it around so the so the. Yeah, show it to the camera. Just. Pull stuff Fiesta out. Ba- is Fiesta like a Texas store? Like yeah. A Texas yeah, store? yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, it's pretty big in Texas. Ah. Yeah. Okay. I think it was found in Houston. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but okay, it's a very, right, very so big Texas thing. So, it's kind of like something a little bit separate because uh, I really love these. Do you, did you grow up eating these? I actually never really ate those before. Really? Mm-mm. So, me and my brother's called these fart chips. Please, no. Please don't. Please, so, no. And the reason that is... It's because they have, they, have they have a distinct smell. If you eat these, you know the smell. It smells like that dank. <sighs> I would much rather you call them flatulent chips. I'm not calling them that. <laughs> Why not? It's so much better than the other one. 
Oh yeah, no, that's horrible. Yeah. No, actually, Same I, one. Think, I think I have. I I think I def most definitely have eaten these. And before. if you're a true OG, you already know what goes with these. Valentine. Come on. Hey, where did you? Where did you? I Fiesta. Thought that, so Fiesta still stocked on my. They have the black label though. They don't have any of the regular label. So what's the difference between the black? Is the extra black hot. label is extra hot? Yeah, yeah, extra hot. So. Wait, so explain to me this shortage. And this is something that we should have done like as a little new segment in the podcast. This, So apparently there's been this Valentin shortage uh, along with the Stopochito Everything. shortage. It's, uh, it's, it's very sus. It's very sus. Is it only for the state of Texas or has it been like basically countrywide? Hold the United States. Topo Chico is primarily a Texas thing. I know that New York just recently got it, right? I remember I talked about it on the last podcast. It's available on all 50 states yeah. now. Yeah, and like that's what's wild to me is that you're dropping stuff on you, aren't you? It, yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> do I eat any other way? That's what you're not said. a Valentine uh -huh. expert like your boy who knows how to cradle the the, the Valentine. You know, professionals are really not supposed to be eating on the pot uh, on like recordings and radios. That's like the number one thing that they teach you is never eat on air. But we're not professionals. We're not. Anyway, have you ever received Mexican candy? So the bombasos, of course. For Halloween? Yeah, you ever got Mexican candy? Never. I would have died. Pica tamarín. Not even if you ever went to like a Mexican lady's house. Still no. Give me nope. Never once. I mean, I guess anything I, with tamarín though, I'll eat it. I mean, I I guess I I could kind of guess why. I could kind of guess why. Why? I think it has something to do with like because you're gonna get a a, a wide array of kids, mm -hmm. not only Hispanic. Kind of be kind of a way. the heat. Oh, uh, that and just. Because most of them probably don't like the candy. Mm -hmm. um, they'll probably have like a... It, it probably seem like a waste to get all this Mexican candy and then just have it all left over. Unless you don't mind keeping it and just you eating it. I mean, it. I think that's like presumptuous as fuck. Like, why would they not love this candy? Really, Vettel? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Have you ever talked to people who are Mexicans and tried candies like this? Yes, there are people like that black no. people love our no, candy. No, 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 not all of them, not all of them, not the all. The black them. people that I know love yes. our candy. Yes, yes, That's yes. What she said no, she, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. Nobody loves it. Like <laughs> what I'm saying is that there have been plenty of people I've met that yes, white, black that love the candy, is this right? Some gum? Yes, yeah, gum. Yeah. You know, it's oh. actually not chamoy. That flavor. This is a Lucas Bombazo. That's lime flavor, actually. This is really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, of course, there's been plenty of people outside of, like, Hispanic who like this candy. I'm not, I know that. I've met people like that all, all my life. But, you will still meet a lot of people who not do me. not love the taste at all. Maybe you didn't go into a small enough town. That's your thing, is that you're from Big City Tyler. What do you, you mean? Know? What do you mean, what do I mean? You're from Big City Tyler. I'm from the nooks and crannies if anything, of the if, back of a farm. If anything, people who are in smaller towns are less likely to like stuff no, like this. No, no. We're a community at the end of the day. No, Say what you want. The stuff like we this, just tip over cows and eat chamoy all live stuff long like day. This That's is, what we is, do. You're less likely to find stuff like this in small towns is what I'm saying. Mm -mm. No, we have a whole... Yes, I know you have one little Mexican store that has all this stuff. No, it's not one little. It's literally like our Spanish Mecca. The like big one, Everybody yeah. goes there. Yeah, but having one of those is still smaller than going to like a... And I'll, I'll say Tyler because Tyler like a mid-sized town where you have five, six, seven stores. Exactly. That can have the all stuff. The fact that we have one and it has everything that we need and white people, black people, and obviously Hispanic people all gravitate there for like their general needs... Like just means that everybody share. Everybody's more than likely to like share the same taste. But you have a smaller. Like kind of but thing. you have a smaller sample size too. Exactly. I'm just saying. I'm just telling you that my sample size. Like everyone loved the spicy. Yeah. No. Up. I I completely agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. But I'm mm -hmm. I'm also letting you know that there's plenty of people who do not like this type of candy. That's who why. tell me that it's. I don't believe that. Yes, I've met people from and all to, all over the United States too. You got you got to realize I've been in the military, so I've met people with different types, and I've exposed them to this type of candy. And they always be like, oh, I don't like this. It tastes weird, stuff like that. So I think maybe that's maybe one reason as to why they don't put the candy out. Because I think Mexican family, Hispanic family are assuming that they probably won't like this because they don't really know what it is. It's like the, um, it's like, uh, remember that movie that I'm crazy about, Always Be My Maybe? Yeah. Where, um, where, ah, dang it. What's his name? Uh, Rendell Park's little kid character comes in and he's like, I don't want to be the guy with the thermos soup. You know, he's like an Asian little kid. He's like, all the white kids think that my soup smells really weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, same thing with this, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, according to you. Yeah, it's just, it's just cultural differences, which it's normal. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it is great, like you said, when people like actually love it too, mm-hmm. who can embrace it. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I fell in love with. I can tell you the exact moment I fell in love with the marino. I remember it was in Mexico. First time I ever went when I was like five years old. My, it, I don't think it was my grandma's, but if you go past her house on this dirt road, you start heading to like where all like the little farming, uh, like where they raise corn and rice and all that. Mm-hmm. Along the banks of that was this big tree, and it was a tamarindo tree, and I remember. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Tamarindo's a fruit. Yes. Is that what that shit is? Yes. I thought it was just a candy. No. I didn't know tamarindo was a fruit. What? Look. Look. See that little thing right there? Oh my gosh. You see that little thing that's like hanging? No, yeah. Color me Mexican. Did you see it back there? The show back there? The little image of tamarindo or no? Uh, oh yeah. I mean the, oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah, here it is. That actually makes so much sense because there was a candy in the shape of that. It's like, I always wonder, it's like, why do they have it in like those like pea pod? Okay, all right. It comes yeah, in a little pod. Yeah. Yep. So I remember climbing that tree. Uh-huh. Because you know, as kids, you just want to climb stuff for no reason. I remember climbing it and it had it on there. And I think it was my uncle who was with me who told me like, yeah, pick it and open it. And it has a little season in it along with like this gooey stuff. Mm-hmm. And the moment I opened it up, and I was a little hesitant, kind of like, oh, this looks really weird. But I just kind of like got the seed out, started sucking on it a little bit, pause. Uh-huh. And immediately, nectar of the gods. Like some of the gra- the greatest taste ever. And ever since then, I've been hooked. I mean, obviously, I can't. Oh, this is a little bit different. These are different cap candy. But anything tamarindo, I fall in love with. See, but like this only like exemplifies why I tell people, kids especially all the time, to like always, always try new. Because you know my pet peeve, bruh. If I go out with a Nigel, if I go out with a Nigel and he is a picky ass eater that does not eat his vegetables, you're not getting a second date. Oh, I, I hate that. That sounds so fucking presumptuous. We're not going on a second date. And why? Because it's important. I mean, because it's important to try things. Like, I just imagine if you, if little, like, eight-year-old Ricardo would have never, five-year-old Ricardo would have never climbed up that tamarindo tree. He would have never had the passion for spicy-ass candy the way that he does to this day. You know, your life would never be the same. Probably wouldn't. Exactly, exactly. And I tell my sisters that all the time. It's like, that's how, that, that's basically like my one biggest barometer when it comes to making new friends and like dating is like they had to have a palate to like try new foods. Used you to know? be a picky eater though. What? Used to be a picky eater. Yeah, a long time ago. Like before I was 18 and I was showing the world. That's kind of normal though. Yeah. You know, 18 is kind of like where you really start like venturing as far as like food goes, you know. Yeah. Because at that point, you probably only had stuff from my Jacksonville, right? Well, it's not just that. It's like, I didn't like Chinese food. I didn't like anything. Like, I would I would literally take my burgers with, like, mayonnaise, cheese, and lettuce. On, like, sorry. Uh, what was it? Mayo, lettuce, and pickles only? And, like, that shit was ridiculous. And, like, now, like, if I eat a burger, it has to, go, it has to be all the way. Like, all the way. Um, but, no, like, that shit is important because, like, food is such a reflection of life. Like, I think about it all the time. It's like, if I were to fucking eat, if I were to, sorry, let me retract that. If I were to live my life the way that I eat my food, like, I would already be like Britney Spears, like Latina Britney Spears, like 5.0 by now, you know, because of like how fucking adventurous I am when it comes to like, you know, ordering, like you give me the menu to a restaurant that I've never heard of. I'm probably going to point, close my eyes and pick at the thing that I can, that I can pronounce the least. I don't believe that. Cause you're you're asked to be taking a while to like pick yeah, up the new stuff. Yeah, but that's because you know why? Because also don't don't let her be- no, don't also, let her trick no, no, you. No, 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 she no, no, be like also, up to the very minute, like mm, I don't know what to pick to the waiter. I, because you know why? Because I get so fast. I think it's a special skill. The menu makers that like write down the uh, write down the description of um of like where you know how like they have oh the chicken alfredo and then they'll be like uh sumptuous lumpy noodles wrapped oh, up yeah, it's strategic like, they do that on purpose like i know they yeah. do i want the job where i have to describe food to people 
uh, on the menus in order to get them to eat it. Like, that's what I want to do as a living. Like, I don't know who gets to do that, but they're the luckiest person in the world. Uh, but yeah, no, that's why it takes me so long to order off of the fucking menu because, like, I get so wrapped up in the descriptors of it because I just think it's fucking sexy-ass, seductive-ass writing um, that eventually I just turn to the waiters like, what do you like? And then, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Some, some waiters, some servers love it. And some servers are like, like shut can, up and pick. Yes. Yes. I can, <laughs> I can see it in their face. And I'm like, no, but I genuinely want to make a connection with like, you. I don't want to talk a to you, little girl. Connection. Talk to me. Help me pick out. But anyway. So any new music come out this week? I, I've so been, I've been so off the grid lately. Um, without a Kanye pun. Oh no, it wasn't because you know you know how I feel about the course of that song. You love it. That's what you. Uh, no, that's how you no, feel about I can't it. stand it. Like <laughs> I don't understand why it exists like that. I still need to re-listen to this album because it breaks my heart how much how apathetic I am towards it. It really is. I think you do because it, it's it's steadily growing on me more and more. Yeah. So, uh, new music. Um, I know Bronze Nazareth came out with a new album. Mm-hmm. Uh, very underground, underground Wu Tang affiliate. Uh, Don Tolliver, mm-hmm. Life of a Dawn came out. Mm-hmm. Another big one. Um, I think uh, Sleepy Hollow came out with the deluxe edition of uh, Still Sleep. Oh, I did hear about that, yeah. Uh, what else came out? I think that's about it. Oh, am I, am I missing any big ones? I feel like I am. Big one, even though it's not hip-hop related, which is mostly what we talk about here on the ILS podcast, yeah. is somebody dropped a teaser for their new single that's coming out on october 15th oh adele yes yeah yeah, yeah that's right yeah adele it's a big one yes i am so fucking hyped for it like it has been way too long and also i am hella nervous because whenever she comes out with new music i am ready for my to- my entire soul to be ripped apart and like stomped on and ripped onto shreds and right now i'm in a very delicate moment mexicano you know this so so you're gonna be in, you're gonna be broken into pieces essentially. I think that I'm gonna take my time with this album. When it finally comes out, whenever it does, like hopefully, like also do be doing the inner work on myself. You know, the whole like meditation, the whole like uh, what's it called? I never told you that I started doing breath work. It's like this whole thing. I'll tell you about it later. But anyway, um, I, I know I don't know the name of it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, like yeah. breath work is intense, yeah. bro. Like it brings out like all of these like unflagellated, like undeveloped emotions that you didn't think you had, and suddenly like you're sobbing on the ground. But anyway, like again, we'll get into it later. But anyway. You think Adele will really give us another one of that? Because what do that, you mean? Pr- that, yes, pr- absolutely. No, no, she's in a better place. She's had like a lot of happiness and success over the past few years. I mean, she's always had success, but she's been really happy. Like that last album was the way it was because she was going through like a, a divorce, wasn't she? I, you know what? That's a good point. I really don't know what she's been up to personally, but if it is a happy album, I would imagine that it's still going to make me sob. But it's going to make me sob the way like the last season of Insecure is going to make me sob. You know, because like I can only imagine that the last season of Insecure coming October twenty something. By the way, October twenty fourth. Yeah. Yes, October twenty fourth on HBO Max. Everybody get it. Catch up. Like you still have time, please. Um. When it comes out and I watch it all the way through, I'm going to have a visceral react because the you think about the fact that like we've literally followed Issa's journey to it honestly, uh all, we followed Issa's journey from being a just a late 20s an elder millennial if you will an elder millennial stuck in a job that kind of has something to do with her passion but kind of doesn't and you know she has to constantly like you know bend over backwards you know to, to code switch and like be around like you know people that doesn't don't necessarily get her and like this that and the other and she's in the she's in the relationship where you know she hasn't yet learned the communicative styles to like to like speak her mind and all of this stuff anyway she's she's a fuck up and also like lots of in her uh, lots of things in her life are fucking up right and so we're taking through this journey seasons one all the way to five and obviously if you're like that interested in like what goes on between now and then like catch the fuck up because this season is going to be the culmination of like how she's like fucking blossomed into a queen and i mean of course like season four left us with a huge cliffhanger and um 
Uh, I want to know how all of that plays out. But I, knowing the way that Issa Rae usually structures her shit, like, I've identified so much of my own personal journey with, like, the way that I've followed the seasons that if, again, if if Adele's album (laughs) is in any way in such a good place as, like, Issa Rae's last last and final season of Insecure is sure to be, then I know that I'm going to be in that... In that like freaky ass tornado of a spot where you where you are so happy and you're so moved and you're so anxious at the same time to like all the good things that are coming that it makes you want to like curl up in a fetal position. Is that just me? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. No. I, I mean, I would like to think. Maybe that like specifically. Think, yeah. No, I would like to think that somebody else and you've never been so happy that it's made you sad, Mexicano. Yeah, yeah, I have. So you get so happy that it makes you nervous. Mm-hmm. Good to know. I've, I've felt like that before. Uh, not a I lot. I like that all the time. Not a lot. But, all the time. But yeah, I've have had those moments where it's like it's so gleeful. It's so like up and up. It's like, oh crap, I'm like shaking kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's happened. Well, I don't know. I mean, in a, again, like we talk about mental health. And that's like something that I think about a lot. It's the fact that I can't really be happy without like an undercurrent of nervousness because I'm afraid that the like I'm afraid that it's going to be taken away from me or the uh, ground is going to be taken out from under me. So that's so that's a thing. But anyway, yeah, Adele's album. Yeah, Adele and Insecure mm-hmm. all and wrapped up into one sad, sad going away package. No, it's not sad. Insecu- it's happy. Insec- but it's like happy, nervous, anxious. It's sad that it's over, you know, Insecure, Ad- Insecure, I mean, in- Insecure. Yeah. yeah. Adele, yeah, that's something else. You know, Hashtag what, what, me season. What you get out of the Adele album, that's for you to, you know, interpret. Well, I mean, once you get out of the Adele album, we probably have another seven years before another one, so. Probably. Yeah. So, what you want to do now? Conspiracy Corner? Yes. The one and only? Yes. The moneymaker? Uh, I mean, if there is money to be made. Yes. The only thing that matters? Conspiracy Corner. Continue. Conspiracy Corner. Mm-hmm. So, this week... I want to talk about something that most people know about, an event that happened, mm-hmm. but maybe don't know the theories of maybe of what didn't happen. What do you mean? So, you know the Titanic, right? Yes. Big major event. Mm-hmm. Um, big movie. Mm-hmm. James Cameron. Mm-hmm. Vaguely, vaguely aware, yes. Yes. Celine Dion, all that. Mm-hmm. My heart will go on. Yes, yes, I was literally blasting that in the car the other day. Of course Continue. you were. Mm-hmm. Um. Celine so, Dion is life, just like football is life. Yes, continue. So people like to think that <clears throat> that the Titanic was like this big marvel of like you know ship making and like this mm-hmm. giant vessel, right? Which it was. Um, but there was also a ship that was that was around before the Titanic, called the RMS uh, Olympic, mm-hmm. that was uh, by the same uh, ship line, uh, mm-hmm. White White Star, I think it was. Um, White Star, White, White Line. Uh, forgive my mind, not my heart. Uh, but I love that phrase. Continue. Uh, but so the 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 Olympic had suffered a incident, uh, like maybe a few months, maybe a year prior. One, Which one? Uh, the one that you had. Earlier. The elote. Uh huh. I haven't opened that yet. Oh, okay. Well, which one? The one that you had opened. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So white star. So. They had a ship, the Olympic, that was involved in an accident that collided with this other ship, and it and it, and it uh, created some pretty serious damage to the ship. Mm-hmm. And the Titanic at this point had not been crit, uh, launched yet, so it hadn't been completed, it had not been launched out to sea for its first for its maiden voyage. And White Star uh, was afraid, so they had their their big ship, the Olympic, kind of uh, out of commission because of the uh, because of the damage, and they had their new ship that still wasn't ready. So because of that, they wouldn't be able to make money during that time mm-hmm. when their when their flagship is down and their new one still isn't ready. So they kind of div- so the theory goes that they divide the plan to where they will swap the Titanic for the Olympic. So while the Titanic was still being uh, completed, they would treat the Olympic like kind of fix it outside. Make it look like you know, make it look like tita- the Titanic, and then and then save the Titanic, ship it out, right? Create like an incident, you know, sink it, and then 
claim the insurance money. So you're saying the the Titanic that sunk isn't the real Titanic? Real Titanic. That's a theory. That this was all an insurance uh, scheme. So what happened to the real Titanic? That oh they they called it the Olympic. So now the Titanic, the real Titanic, became the Olympic because obviously the original one sank. So now this Olympic, so now this Titanic is now the Olympic, like the second version. But as Shakespeare would say, what's in a name? You know, I mean, it's a boat at the end of the day. Who cares what it was called? Right, right, right. But still, the fact that this new boat that people claimed this giant piece of history is was sunk by an iceberg mm-hmm. isn't the boat that everybody claimed. And instead Talk of about this, an identity crisis. And, and, instead, and instead of this older vessel mm-hmm. that was only sunk to get some insurance money out, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. To really think about that. You know, if it is true, to think like how all this plan came into action and how they were able to like fool the public and, and think that this new, you know, wonder of technology, this marvel technology sunk on its maiden voyage. But it, but it was really this old ship that, that did it. Say la vie, bro. Say la vie. I don't know. I still think that like um, uh, Rose like pushed that B off of uh, off the board. That never happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Can you prove it? Were you there? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Conspiracy <laughs> corner. Corner. Very short one, but uh, a lot of people say this is probably one of the more plausible ones. Mm-hmm. Even J.P. Morgan was like a stakeholder of that company too. Like it was a lot of like heavy hitters that like were tied into it and like there was like people who who they, they even said that the um the californian mm-hmm. which is the ship that a lot of people blame for not helping out the titanic mm-hmm. was actually setting something up and that they were actually the one that were like firing something into the ship to make it sink and that they were also a part of like this elaborate plan mm-hmm. so i don't know craziness so the last thing that we have on the docket of this very uh, loosely structured podcast today mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. going to be uh, the one, the only, you already know it, you love it, it's the good looking out. This is where we go and we tell you all the things that we've been into, movies, music, TV shows, and the like. This week, I'm coming at you with actually a whole entire season of something that has literally been on my to-watch list for like the past six months, and I've only just now gotten to it. Uh, it is season three of Master of None, Moments in Love. Um, so, did you ever watch any of the seasons of Master of Love? Season one. Season one? Okay. So. You mean I actually finished something? What? You actually finished something? Are you well, caught up in something? I, I mean, I, I can be caught up in things. I don't know if this is the end of something. Yeah. Okay. You're, uh, le- you're at the very least caught up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. At the very least, I'm caught up. I hardly ever finish like a series and stuff. I'm like very notoriously known for that. But anyway, so um, Master of None is uh, this sort of like vignette style TV show that is um, that was created and written and a lot of times directed by Aziz Ansari. Um, and it's been a long time coming for the season three because it's been like three years since like season two it's been a long ass time and a lot of that had to do with sort of the um controversial controversial um situations that aziz like ended up finding himself in you know if you know aziz i'm sorry he you know plays tom from parks and rec he's uh he's a he he's a pretty well-known comedian um, and I mean, trigger warning, like sexual assault, all of that were some of the things in the, in the whole Me Too movement. He was one of those people that were, uh, that, you know, were found in that kind of situation. So it was very interesting from the idea that, that season three, like barely had any of him at all like the season three was not about him in any way whatsoever yeah. uh if nothing else like season three was more about like his side best friend character um dang it what was her name uh what i know her real actor name what was uh not daniel what is her name so it's denise denise okay so he has a best friend named denise and uh, and basically the whole season three follows her story about, 
um, about her married life with her wife, uh, Alicia, and all of the ups and downs that they go through that. Uh, what I find really interesting about this is, again, like from from the choice perspective that he very deliberately chose to go from seasons one and two, like the whole show being about him to, I don't know if I, I mean, I would think that it'd be ridiculous not to assume that like everything that he had gone, that, that went on with him in his personal life with the whole me too thing, didn't have something to do with his like artistic and creative choice into like making season three, what it is. Oh, you're damn right. It did. That's all it is. It's so apparent. Yeah. 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 But here's the thing is, is that like, there's praises, there's critiques, and then there's just like, like, productive, like, opinions about, okay, first of all, like, season three, again, uh, had to do with Denise and Alicia in their married life, and uh, basically them trying to conceive and have a baby, and all of the ups and downs that go through that. First of all, to gorgeous characters that are very yin and yang you know denise is very laid back very chill you know and alicia is very vibrant very full of life you know and they they complement each other though really really well and of course there becomes trouble in paradise all of this that and the other i think that the pacing of it overall was really slow uh so it's kind of a it's kind of a season that's really hard to recommend to be quite honest with you um but I really enjoyed it, um, mostly because there were a lot of moments of honesty and it showed, you know, like a relationship that just so happened to be queer going through all of these up and downs, very like marriage story-esque instead of a story about a queer relationship, if that makes any sense. And um, it was really good, but... If you're the type of person that like likes to be on their phone while they uh, watch TV and not really like and accidentally miss like an eyebrow raise or something like that, then the problem then the show's probably not for you because uh, it's one of those shows where you have to pay attention. It's gorgeous to look at, but there's a lot of pauses. And uh, and uh, for my ADHD friends out there, you know, and uh, I have plenty of them. Um, Speaking for yourself. That's you. That's, That's not, you too. Gosh. That's you too. You, be, you don't you have be, to you. help me like that. Anyway, it's a great season. Master of None. Uh, Lena Waithe stars in there with uh, the new actress that plays her wife, uh, Naomi. Um, she's fantastic. She does great acting in this. And Lena Waithe does nothing but like does what she's best at, which is playing herself. You know, because she never really plays a character. Lena Waithe is just like Lena Waithe, but with a different name. Yeah. Um Anyway, season three, Master of None, I give it a solid, like, seven and a half out of ten. Veronica stars. If you're a fan of, like, student, filmy, vignette, you know, slice of life things, um, you would definitely enjoy this. Uh, just because I think that it was very thoughtfully put together. Um, you just have to have a lot of patience. And that's my review. Yeah, I think that's dope how, because, you know, there's very few shows that can actually lose a vital component of the show, mm-hmm. you know, especially the lead, and still continue on from that. That it was a very interesting direction oh, yeah. that he took it in. So yeah. from the fact that that they still have a, you know, I haven't seen it, but just hearing what you have to say, have a very well put together show, mm-hmm. just speaks volume to, you know, how strong the uh, the writing and everything else is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you give sure. it? I already said seven and a half out of. 10. Oh, it's seven and a half. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, what about you, Mahina? So for me, mine's going to be short and, and quick because I didn't. Um, I saw something, but it's not really too much to talk about, to be <laughs> honest. So I went to the movies and I went to you go see. You did as much prep for the your review as we did for the rest of this podcast. No, 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 no. I just don't think there's too much to talk about because it's kind of one of those you take it or leave it kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's, uh, what is it? I want to go see the new Venom, the Carnage movie. Mm. And if you've seen the original one, that? Venom. He just it's, it's part of the Spider-Man universe. Oh, okay. The black one. Okay. Yeah. The the symbiote. It's like this alien that takes over your body and you become like gotcha, it. Gotcha, so gotcha. and it start and it brought in the, the the antagonist Carnage who took over the the body of a serial killer. Right. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. Venom Tom Hardy who plays Venom has to uh or who plays Eddie Brock actually has to fight uh, the serial killer who goes by the name Carnage when he when he's in the uh the symbiote mm-hmm. suit. And, 
yeah. So and it it kind of just go over like how Eddie's kind of tired of like Venom and like how he hates you know because like when when this thing is on you 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 pretty much become one like it it, mm-hmm. it even starts referring to itself as and then like that octopus villain hero guy that I saw in one Spider Man movie like Spider Man two ago. yeah sure why because his claws became like symbiote. Because sure, he like he had like a, a yeah, little pod claws. on his back, yeah. and then like it made him like Octo Doctor. Yeah, Doctor Octopus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doc yeah, yeah Oc. That guy, that guy, super yeah. original name by the way. Doc ten Oc. out of ten. Um, but no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> I oh, mean, okay. It's, it's. I mean, I get what you're probably getting coming at, but uh, no, like when this thing takes like because this thing is from space, it's an alien. So when it grabs onto you, it becomes one with you. So even though you can transform back to your human and then transform into like this like really evil monster thing it like starts refer- it could talk so it starts referring to referring to you and it as they or like us like it's, it starts like calling you know and this is the, this is the second movie by the way mm-hmm. so if you see the first one it kind of like immediately picks up right so after the first one non-gender binary evil villain in a way i mean okay. not really because there's two of them so that's why it's referring to oh, them okay, as us okay, okay yeah yeah um but uh, the big thing when it came to the movie the first time when it came out what two years ago because I think it came out 2019 people didn't like it because they just thought it was a boring uh, not boring but they just thought it was a dumb superhero movie mm-hmm. and so the critics ripped it apart mm-hmm. and one thing that they, I guess the critics didn't expect was how much audiences loved it mm-hmm. and how much like the audience gave the middle finger to the critics and was like mm-hmm. nah we don't care what any of y'all say we're still gonna go see this movie and support it definition of a cult favorite and they did they mm-hmm. they they loved it you know people went to see it they rave for it and kind of the same thing was uh happened to this one mm-hmm. uh w- albeit with a little bit less fanfare it wasn't like this big like oh forget the credits kind of thing it was kind of like yeah we still enjoy it still gonna go watch it uh and yeah it was dumb fun action everywhere screaming uh over the topness that's why i go watch it I knew I knew what I was getting myself into, uh, and I enjoyed it. You know, nothing crazy. How many do you got a little stars? Mm, if I had to be honest, how many sheer? Uh, how many sheer? Uh, how many do you got a little stars out of sheer pleasure? Did you get? Uh, seven point five. Seven point five out of ten. All right. Yeah. All right. So now, the, now the film itself. If I judge the film, uh-huh. I would say six out of ten. Yep, didn't miss anything this weekend. No, no, no. This is definitely Glad not your film. I got to go to my hometown and brood the hell out of people. No, this is definitely not your type of film. Yeah, nothing your pretentious self would ever want to watch. Like this is something that is, is made Excuse for the me, people. Excuse me, one of my favorite movies in the world is Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. How dare you call me pretentious? Pretentiousness. Uh, Whatever. So this, anyway, this is people who uh, people who are made with a soul uh-huh. and uh, who go see these type of movies. So right, right, right. right so right. not in your ballpark at all. Right, of course, of course. And with that, folks, <laughs> is our show. Uh, we got to clean up all this tamarindo candy. Uh, and yeah, uh, thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in to In Living Spanglish Podcast. Quick aside, I never take the time to tell you how much we, how much I, how much we appreciate you for listening in every week. Mm-hmm. It's it's a labor of love to do this. It's a labor of love to, you know, go, go out of our way and find stories and find people to help us all feel connected and help us all feel a little, little less alone, you know, through all of our kooky shenanigans included. So we love you. We love you. We love ya. We out. You. You. My hope is that you see how Spanglish has closed the gap and formed a synergistic approach for communication. Thank you.